Hello, welcome to the monthly Skill Bites show where we share information that is geared to helping you succeed in your business. This is Judy Weintraub, CEO of Skill Bites and host of this show. If you want to position yourself as an expert, one of the best ways to do that is to become a published author. Skillbytes author platform provides the easiest way to get a book written and published. Hello, everybody. I am so excited about our guest today, Rachel Valier. Rachel is the founder of Printed Page Studios and has designed hundreds of books over the last 13 years. She's been featured in Forbes and has designed books for numerous entrepreneurial authors, including Grant Cardone. Rachel specializes in helping nonfiction authors grow their authority, income, and impact through collaborative, marketable, research-driven book design. Her mission is to educate authors on the importance of book design and provide traditional publishing quality design to independently publishing authors. And Rachel's gonna share with us today some educational tips on book design. Book design is one of the most misunderstood and undervalued aspects of self-publishing today. If you're publishing a nonfiction book to grow your authority and impact, expert book design is a must. Boost your publishing success by learning why book design matters, how to prepare, and practical tips to ensure a winning book design. Rachel, welcome to the Skillbite Show. Thank you, Judy. I'm so happy to be here. Can you start us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in book design. Yeah, sure. Um, so I got into book design right after graduating college, uh, really by accident. I have a degree in journalism and um, didn't know if I really wanted to pursue journalism. I've always been artsy. And on top of that, the job market was really tough because I graduated right after the 2008 uh, market crash. And so I ended up finding this job as a book designer, and I didn't even know what that was. I just thought it sounded like the coolest thing in the world. And the rest is history. I, I learned everything at that first job, and then it just really grew and blossomed from there. Um, so I worked for two publishing companies for about six years, and then I went out on my own. So um, and then at about a couple of years ago, I really started focusing on nonfiction for entrepreneurial authors as my niche in the market. I personally love nonfiction and I read it constantly. And I, as a sort of accidental businesswoman myself, I've become really interested in all things business. So I love helping people um, with their missions as well. Excellent. Great. Well, as I mentioned earlier, expert book design is a must for nonfiction authors. Tell us why that's so important. Why should authors care about book design? Yeah, so the short answer is that book design is directly related to whether or not people read your book. Um, when, when someone's glancing at a book, they take, uh, I think it's like eight seconds or less to make that first impression. And the book design is, 
you know, the front cover is a heavy influencer. Next is the book description. But if someone doesn't connect or resonate with the cover, um, you can you can just lose that reader altogether. So it's a vital asset um, and it really helps convey the credibility and the expertise of the content within. Uh, whether those things should be associated, good design with good content is really not a question that's in my wheelhouse to answer <laughs> or under my control, but they are associated. Um, I like to think of it as when you go to the grocery store and say you're in a rush and you need to get a high quality ingredient for a recipe you're making for a fancy party or something. And you just, you want the best and you're dashing in, you're gonna look at the product packaging on the shelf and without even looking at the price, you'll know kind of what's name brand and what's generic. And you're gonna associate subconsciously that the, the better packaging will have higher quality contents. And again, there are of course exceptions to that and it maybe it shouldn't be that way, but that's the way our brains work on the fly. So if you're, you know, if you're serious about using your book for marketing and getting it out into the world, then book design is very important for that. So book design includes more than just the book cover, is that right? That's correct. Um, it can get confusing because there are so many different industry terms. Um, so book design is the, the book cover and the interior design as the whole umbrella. Uh, and then for the book interior, there are many different names. People call that book formatting, book interior design, typesetting, um, book layout. All of that is, is the same thing, basically. Um, so book and book design entails all of that. And it's pretty much the process of just taking your completed manuscript and designing the cover and bringing those files into the design software and turning them into a, something that looks like a book on the Barnes and Noble shelf ready for the printer. Okay. So take us through the process that you go through when you're designing a book. Yeah, so um, for me, and I think in, in most every case, the front cover is the start. Um, for one, that can happen before your manuscript is completely finalized. So it's great to get a jump start on the front cover because having that cover image can be a great marketing tool. So you can promote your upcoming book launch with that. Um, and so that's the first step is just the front cover. And once that's finalized, the book interior design can can commence from there. And I always wanna wait until the cover is done to start the book interior because uh, the cover design will set the tone for the interior. So you ideally want the, the visual aesthetic to be cohesive between the two and I'll pull design elements and fonts from the cover and use those in the interior. Um, and then the back cover and the spine for the print book are usually gonna come last for one thing because we can't know the width of the spine until we have the final interior page count, uh, which will change during the design and layout process. So uh, that's usually last. Also, a lot of times authors are waiting on last minute endorsements to come in. So, you know, and they'll wanna put those on the back cover. 
So I usually save the back cover and spine to, to finalize all of that uh, at the end. And also the if you're doing an EPUB, um, it's best to do the interior layout for the print book and get all of those revisions worked out, everything finalized, and then convert to the EPUB because it's it's harder. You're basically, if you make revisions to the EPUB file, you're redoing the whole thing every time, so. Right, yeah, actually, I even wait until after the author has approved the print proof. Oh, yeah. Print book, because very often in reviewing the digital proof or the print proof, they find something that they missed uh, that they forgot to add or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that way I only am creating the EPUB once or mm -hmm. trying to create it only once instead of multiple times. I like that idea. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's amazing how many people see things in print that they don't see when they're looking at the digital version. It really is. And, and that kind of brings to mind um the the question of proofreading uh you know in traditional publishing a book gets designed the interior gets designed and then it will go to proofreading after that because it just looks you, you notice things differently every time you see it and seeing it in its designed form can just illuminate different things as well and so uh you know but a lot of self-publishing authors want to save money, which makes total sense and have proofreading before the design, because once your book is designed by the designer it, and it's no longer in a software where the author can go in and edit it, that means you're paying your designer to make any changes after that. Um, and so that's the downside. Uh, in a perfect world, I recommend a final proofread or, you know, at least let the author go through it with a fine tooth comb, because no matter how well it's been edited, including professionally, there's always, there's always things. I mean, in every book. Right. Yeah. Actually, I give my authors the option of having the two proofreading um, times before layout and after layout. I love that. So that way, if they want, they can have both or they can have one or the other. Mm -hmm. I love that. I actually don't know that I've heard of people really offering that and i think that sounds like the perfect strategy so. yeah the, there are things that come up after layout mm -hmm. it's not even a matter of missing something but sometimes in layout you have the orphan paragraphs you know where you have one line on one page and the rest on another page or things that a proofread will be able to point out and you can't do that before the layout and then mm -hmm you do want to have the book as complete as possible before the layout is done, because once the layout is done, the changes are more time consuming to make. Yeah, absolutely. But when you're, when you have a prospect who comes to you and wants a quote for your book layout services or your book design services, what materials or what, what things do you need to create that quote yeah so um there's there's different things for the cover and for the interior of course but um for the whole project uh the things that i need to know are for one the format that it's going to be printed in 
Um, so are you doing a soft cover, a hard cover? Do you are you doing a dust jacket, maybe, or a case bound hard cover? Do you need an audiobook version of the cover? Um, all of those different cover formats can affect the rate because they all have to be prepared as separate files for the different specs for each version. Um, so it's really helpful to know that up front to get an accurate quote. I don't, I think you could get a general quote without knowing that, but it's nice to know. Um, and then uh, an approximate word count of your manuscript, which again, I, I think a ballpark is fine in most cases. It's certainly fine for me. I mean, most authors aren't even completely done at this point and that obviously can change. So I'm just looking to know, is it sort of regular size? Is it the Odyssey? Like what are, what are we working with? Because very long books usually incur extra fees for the, the interior layout. Um, of course, if your book interior is going to be black and white or color affects the price, usually it's black and white for nonfiction books, but um, that can vary. And as well as if there are any special elements in your book interior, like uh, images, graphics, charts, tables, anything like that uh, will affect the quote, uh, as well as endnotes or footnotes. And it, if you have any specific, like special design requests for either the cover or the book interior, it's always useful to kind of air those out up front just in case it's something that maybe would raise the quote or lower the quote, or maybe you already have a full cover photograph that you want to provide and, and you know, that changes the whole design process. So anything like that. And then also the timeline, if there are any specific deadlines um, in your publishing schedule, that's really important. And finally, if you know your printer, that's great to know at this point. I feel like many authors are just using KDP and so they know that that's their printer, um, but sometimes they haven't decided yet. And uh, I think most designers can pretty much prepare files for any printer. I, I will work with any printer, but it does change sometimes how the files are prepared. And um, it also affects the trim size options that are available to you. So uh, it's good to know that upfront as well. Sure. No, that's a great, great laundry list. Mm -hmm. So if somebody had a black and white book, let's say somewhere in the uh, 30,000 word range, some charts and images, but not a whole lot. Um, no footnotes or very few. Didn't really have a concept for the cover. What's a ballpark price? for some, somebody like that? Um, well, for, for book designers as a collective, that is, is just all over the map. So um, I don't even know if I could say a ballpark price for that. If, if it's just for any book designers, I think the pricing uh, could range. Oh goodness. I mean, it, it depends if you're going on like Fiverr, which I don't recommend that you do. Um, I, I think it can be quite cheap, less than a thousand dollars for all of that. Um, 
And it, and then if you're going through a company or through a boutique designer, it can go up to a few thousand dollars. Well, what um, if we're going through you? For me, it's thirty five hundred for the full package. Um, that kind of book that you described would be like a base level package, pretty much. You know, I always include a few graphics and images. Um, thirty thousand words is a perfectly fine length. I would not be upcharging for that or anything. So, um, yeah, it would be thirty five hundred, and that would include the soft cover, the ebook. Um, full cover design, full interior design, and revisions are included in that as well, as well as the the native files. So that's something you might also want to ask potential designers is like who owns the design copyright when the process is done. So um, I give that, I transfer the copyright to my clients so they can do whatever they want with their designs and use it however they want. Um, in the future or just for whatever. And I give them the the working design files so they have all the rights. Right, that's pretty important. Um, if you're going to a book designer or any kind of intellectual property um, contractor, you need to have the rights to what they're developing for you. And mm -hmm. in legal terms, that's called work for hire you want a clause in the contract that says that what they're doing for you is work for hire, which means that you own it, not them. Because under copyright law, they will own what they create unless there's a work for hire provision. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think uh, that that's really common knowledge. And, and I get it. You would think, oh, it's my book. I paid the publisher to create this cover and now it's, it's mine. But it's not. I, I recently had a, an author come to me and she was re-releasing her book for a revised second edition. And she wanted to do it like on her own instead of through her publishing company. And she found out that she couldn't use her cover design um, because it didn't belong to her. So she was having to figure out how to, to deal with that and, and pay to have the design recreated just to to republish on her own. Yeah, I, I've heard horror stories like that myself. Mm -hmm. and that's really unfortunate because like you, our clients own 100% of the work that we do for them. Yeah, awesome. Now, what do you need any materials from your clients for getting started with their book design? Yes, um, so kind of, to break it down by the different stages, um, starting with the front cover, uh, all we really need to get started on the front cover is obviously your trim size. Uh, and, and that means, you know, the printed size of the book, is it six by nine, five by eight, th that kind of thing. Um, and then I do need to know the chosen printer because again, the specs vary. I've wiggled on this in the past, but it can incur extra fees later if you end up going with a printer that then requires significant file changes. Usually it's not an issue, but I really strongly like to know who you're printing with. Um, and then just your front cover text. So final title, author name, subtitle, if you're doing maybe a blurb or any other text on the front cover, all of that 
finalized, set in stone, edited. Um, it can't change after design starts, or that can be kind of a big deal because it's it's an integral part of the design itself. Uh, your cover designer won't look at that like text. They'll look at it as part of the overall art. So um, changing words can have a pretty big impact on the design. So it's important to have that set up front. But otherwise, that's all we need to get going on the front cover. Um, for the book interior, it's just your final edited manuscript and any photos or graphics you want to include that you're supplying. And then to finish up the back cover and the spine, uh, I need your final edited back cover text, of course. And if for, you know, if you have a different person designing your book cover than your uh, then your book interior, which sometimes it's two different people um, doing the cover and interior, then the cover designer is going to need to know the final interior page count so they can create your spine. And also this one gets forgotten a lot, but uh, most printers offer a choice of paper types, like Amazon KDP has cream or white paper, and that can affect those papers can have different thicknesses, so it can affect your spine width. So you want to know what paper you're using for the book interior. Uh -huh. um, and then in, most people want to include an author photo on the back cover, but that's optional. So author photo, if you're using it, or if you have like your own logo that you want to include, then we would need that. And the ISBN number to create the barcode. And then a couple other optional things would be uh, if you want to embed the price of the book in the barcode, then your designer needs to know the price and and that you want to do that. That's optional. Um, and Is that then, something you recommend? Um, I do not have a strong stance on it personally. I have done some research and delved into it. I know that either way has pros and cons, um, but I don't feel like that's my my real house i don't have a strong opinion yet do you have a recommendation on that um i generally recommend that the author not include the price in the book because they might want to change the price and mm -hmm. if they decide later that oh you know maybe instead of charging 24.95 i want to go to 19.95 well then they need to get their cover redone because they need a new barcode if the prices in the barcode mm -hmm. yeah um so if they think they're going to be possibly changing the price then i recommend not putting the price in the barcode mm -hmm. if they think it's going to stay at that given price then i think there is a bit of an advantage to have the price there because it looks a little bit more professional yeah um i I feel like I read something that bookstores require the price to be embedded. Is that the case? Do you know? I believe that's correct. Okay. Um, getting in bookstores is expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe your local bookstore will accept your book, but if you want to be in a lot of bookstores, uh, you generally have to go through somebody who has all of the contacts and can do that for you. Uh, and if you're not marketing your book heavily, 
then your book's probably not going to stay on the shelves more than about 30 days. This, the bookstore has only a limited amount of bookshelf available, and they want to make that available to the books that are selling. So most of my authors don't go to bookstores. They don't seek to have their books in other than their local bookstore. Yeah, I would agree with that. It, most of mine don't. Every once in a while, I have an author that, you know, they really want to be in bookstores and it's very important to them. So, you know, in that case, then then that's it's good to know about the price and the barcode. But for most authors, um it doesn't seem to be the highest and best value or, or use of their time and efforts. So um, yes, I agree with what you said there. Um, so, and, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you a, a question about cover design. Do you find that your clients tend to have ideas for the book cover or come to you with no clue as to what they want on their front cover? Um, I would say it's all over the map. Um, on the whole, I think most people have at least some idea. Um, but I think it's more out of a, a lot of times we end up arriving at something that's not their original idea. I think there's a pressure for authors to feel like they need to have an idea. And I would say that they, they don't need to. Um, so, so it's all over the map. Sometimes I get some blank slates where people are just like, you know, here's, here's what I, I like really minimal, or I like really colorful, or I don't like these colors and just whatever you think. And then we'll have a discussion and go from there. Um, and sometimes people have a very specific idea and sometimes it's somewhere in the middle where they'll have an idea for an an image or a graphic that they want to include. It's really all over the map. And I guess you can work with whatever they come up with. Yes, it, and there are caveats to that, um, which, which um, yes, if they have like a very specific idea, uh, I would definitely share that when you're getting your quote uh, because designers aren't illustrators or photographers. So like if it's so specific that it requires custom illustration or photography, that's really a separate service. And it's better to know upfront so that, you know, you don't have a bummer of a surprise when you get ready to go and the person's like, oh, I don't do that. Um, I'm not gonna create a, a custom painting for your book cover. Um, and so it, and, and people don't, it's not common knowledge. Like most people don't understand the difference between graphic design or illustration or, you know, I mean, there's the term just Photoshop it. And Photoshop is like a miracle worker, but there are still like heavy limitations to what can be done. And, you know, most people don't know where those lines are. So that's why it's great to talk to your designer. Um, the risk of a very specific idea is that, there just won't be imagery out there for it. And if your designer is able to like compile it or sort of force it into happening, it may not end up looking the most, just it, it may not look the best. Mm -hmm. um, so then custom photography or illustration would be a great route for you. And 
you can kind of go two paths. You can, if it's an illustration, there are book cover artists who specialize in creating illustrated book covers. And those people know how to design book covers and they are artists. And that's like all they do is illustrated covers. So, so that's great. I don't feel like most nonfiction authors need that or are looking for that, but it could be the case. Mm-hmm. And you could also just hire out a separate photographer or illustrator and then provide the final art to your cover designer to, to do the whole design. And if you go that route, I just recommend making sure your designers kind of looped in because, you know, you want to make sure that your art illustrator or photographer has the proper specs for the book. Like they need to know the trim size so that they make the files at the right proportions and high enough resolution and all of that. Right. And in a way that the the title is going to work with the artwork. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How about the layout design? What are some tips for ensuring a successful um, book layout design? Yeah. um, For the book layout I think layout tends to be underappreciated. It's one of those things where when it's done well, you really don't necessarily notice it. And that's a good thing. Um, But when something's off with it, readers can feel it. Maybe there's a slight aversion to reading the book. There are physical aspects that go into it as far as legibility and just like creating white space for the eye to rest and all of those kinds of technical things. So for the book layout, I would definitely say from the off, I mean, from the author's end, it's hire a designer that knows how to do a good book layout. Like it, you should, you should see their samples of their work, make sure that the book interiors look professional, that they're easy to read, that, you know, that nothing looks off to you. Um, things to look out for would be if you see widows or orphans in their design samples which is where like you have one line uh like the last line of a paragraph just hanging by itself at the top of a new page um or like one tiny short little word at the on the last line of a paragraph hanging there by itself um things like that are indicators that maybe this person doesn't have the most experience um, and those don't really meet industry standards for, for good book layout design. Uh-huh. But uh, really, it's make sure your manuscript is professionally edited, of course. Um, and ideally that it's cleaned up. That's like a whole other podcast. But, um, you know, uh, the formatting of the manuscript, like if if. I'm trying to think how to explain this. So say you have subheadings in your book throughout. You want to make sure those are consistently formatted and look the same so that your designer knows what's supposed to be a subheading, what's maybe like a sub-subheading, anything like that. Just make sure it's consistent and clean so that your designer can tell what's supposed to to be formatted in a certain way. And that's in the design world, that's called visual hierarchy. Um, Just 
showing the eye, you know, the most important pieces and then the sub pieces. That's why we use larger fonts for headings. Um, so neat and clean layout, professional editing, and make sure any images you're providing are high resolution. So that means at least 300 DPI at the size you want it to be printed at. Um, right, yeah, we have um, our clients provide the JPEG files for each image because if it's embedded in the Word document, it's not going to be high res. Exactly. Uh, so you have it in the Word document so that the designer knows where it goes, but then you have the separate file that can then get embedded in so mm -hmm. that when it's printed, it'll not be blurry. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for all this information. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that you have something that you want to give to listeners of this podcast. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I have a guide that you can download for free. It's called the, the seven steps to prepare for book design without confusion. And it, it kind of is a nice, like clean recap of a lot of what we've talked about here. Um, and it has a printable checklist. So you can make sure, you know, you're getting all your materials together and, and you have everything you need uh, to avoid, you know, extra fees or delays in your timeline, things like that. It answers all the common questions that I've seen authors have over the years when they're getting started with book design. Excellent. And uh, where do they need to go to download that? You can grab it at Skill Bytes Book Design dot printed page studios dot com. Excellent. So skill bites for those who don't know, S-K-I-L-L-B-I-T-E-S, book design dot printed page studios dot com. That's right. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, well, you can reach me through my website at printedpagestudios.com, but I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, um, just, just under my name, Rachel Valier, and you can find me there, DM me. Um, I always check those messages and I love chatting with people. So I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or if there's anything I can help you with. Excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Now, I want to advise our listeners who are listening in the January, early February 2023 timeframe that Skillbytes is going to be hosting a workshop next month, February 16th, called Publishing Profits, Create a Path to Your Book Success. This is a 90-minute workshop during which the participants are actually going to create their own action plan that will enable them to achieve the objectives that they want from, their, from the book that they're writing. For more information and to sign up for that workshop, just go to the Skillbytes website, skillbytes.net slash publishing hyphen profits. Also, Skillbytes has a new program that we're really excited we're going to be rolling out. It's a book writing accountability call. 
so many entrepreneurs want to write a book, but it's hard for them to stay on track with getting it written. In this program, you'll have access to coaching and guidance to help you get your book written. It's a weekly call to sign up for that or to get more information. You can go again to the Skillbytes website, skillbytes.net slash accountability hyphen call. And I hope to see everybody in that program. Thanks again for attending the Skill Bites show podcast. <music>